0: How we doing, everybody, and welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan B. Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader, and today uh, we've got quite an update to the podcast. I mean, look at the difference already. It it truly is a feat of technology and nature. Ooh, baby's right. Jacob, what did you have to do, or whose arm did you have to twist to get something like this? So this is Good Trouble.
1: Uh, He's a member of the Splinterlands community. He makes all of our overlays for all of our tournaments, actually. He's amazing. I love this one. Uh, You know, it's funny. Initially, he had the dash in eSports, like e-dash sports. And Ryan, (laughs) I think you said that we were going to get made fun of if we did that. So after that change, uh, I think it looks great. We've got room for all of our sponsor stuff. Uh, You know, I love it.
0: Yeah, Jacob. um, Anyone who does e-dash sports is living in in 2005, 2010, when Halo first got released and people were doing LAN tournaments, okay? That's an e-sport. Uh, we are e-sports together forever. You know, it's 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 a good time. But getting right into it here, we've got quite the topics uh, this week uh, to to kind of start off, and some of them leak into the weekend because this weekend just it, there was so much going on uh, on a geopolitical level, all the way down to e-sports and stuff within the United States. So. Let's get started. Cloud9, huge League of Legends uh, team, drops their manager, LS. They'd had this manager for quite a while, was a really well-known person in the community. And so reading over this article from uh, Dote Esports, basically folks were saying that this was actually a beneficial thing on both ends and that the uh, relations between LS and the team weren't all that chummy near the end. So it sounds like this was a pretty mutual way to do it. Although uh, LS tweeted out uh, later that day, I think it was past Saturday. He was like, yeah, I just found this out four hours ago that I'm just kind of getting laid off. And it's like, well, that is sort of the nature of esports. I mean, it moves so quickly. It's moving so fast with real-time communication over, over the internet. So obviously, yeah, it's going to happen pretty quickly for you. Uh, But you know, it's, it's a big deal, you know. Uh, Cloud Nine has been a pretty successful team in NA for for a number of years. Uh, although I don't think they've had some like bigger Worlds titles in, in a little while here. So, yeah. um, didn't they just have a big win or something? They might have had something uh, on a smaller level, but I mean, I don't think they've won Worlds, you know, in in recent years. I mean, that's just hard to do. But hey, yeah. you know, I'm not. I'm a League super fan, but I'm not the biggest league super fan when it comes to tracking every single professional team. I just know that this dominated news for a number of days. And it's still like floating around the community as well, that LS is no longer on C9. Who's going to be the new coach, that sort of stuff. And may- maybe they've announced that, but, um, you know, th- it's just been, it's a, it's a sad loss for fans for C9. I've got a few friends who are C9 fans and they're like, ah, oh, this, this kind of sucks to see him go. Cause, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun to have them on there. But as with the times, you know. Yeah, it, it, it
1: is certainly true stuff. I'm so fast, uh, right? You know, I see it more when I was paying attention to competitive COD. And players will get dropped. They'll switch teams. And it happens like like a snap of the fingers, right? Every year, the COD teams are completely changed, you know, besides FaZe, who was kind of un- unbeatable last year. Um, but – You know, I I don't know enough about League of Legends to to talk to, but you know, LS and whether it's a good move or not. But I will say it is crazy how fast these things could flip.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of fast things, I'll skip to this because we have a new point to add in the list here. Renata Glask, new League of Legends champion, was added in this previous week, and pretty much at the start of this week, after after a week of play in TFT and Summoner's Rift. Uh, they've decided that she is just too powerful. A 52% win rate in Platinum and above ELO for players who are playing on Ranked. Um, That's insane. You know, there is expected to be some, some slowdown in the beginning of when a champion is first released for people to kind of get the hang of her. Well, you know, players have definitely gotten the hang of her and they found that she is just... So, so big and so powerful and makes quite the impact in Lane and throughout the entire game. So I'd read over the patch notes. Uh there it's a it's a hot fix. It's not a big patch. Cause they're releasing 12.5, a new patch at the beginning of March, uh in the next week and a half or so. But uh they are nerfing her passive and her W. The passive yeah. has to do with the amount of damage her and her partner do in Lane and the W. Um I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, it's said that this will try to balance, uh, you know, the the pressure she's been exerting in game. Uh, Jacob, have have you played her at all in TFT or you know heard yeah, of the TFT so community? Or? I've, I've played her in TFT.
1: Uh, she is she's good in TFT, but she's not overpowered in TFT. Uh, Irelia actually is overpowered in <laughs> TFT right now. Uh, they actually added another character, a, a five cost um, Silco. Silco is super overpowered. Um, so you know, for league, right? Renata does she does she is is one of her abilities where she kind of shoots a mist of poison.
0: Yeah, so she shoots a mist of poison as her ultimate, and any uh, opponents that are caught in that start automatically attacking each other. Oh, whoa. So, okay, that's cool. um, it's it's actually really cool, but it's it's a very dangerous uh, because all of a sudden. Ah, uh, you might have been trying to attack your uh, Renata, but then uh, she lets out her alt, and all of a sudden you start attacking your teammate. And if you're an ADC next to your support, oh um, yeah. you can start shredding your support in a number of seconds if you if you have a high enough build. So yeah. it's um it's pretty scary, pretty scary to see. Um, she also has like a, a pull as well, and so really she's all around. She's she's well built champion. She's there's a lot going for. Her. Um, I'm excited to see how she does after the hot fix, but you know, if they, if they, if they do too much, then they'll, they'll buffer again, which they love to do. But yeah, um, a uh, really, right now, funny enough in Summoner's Rift, it's really, if you feed her, she's good. And if you can land the stuns even better, but other than that, uh, she can get trampled. I know that the newest fixer, uh, or patch, they're going to be doing 12.5, they're going to be nerfing uh, an item called Hullbreaker, which has been such a fantastic I- item for solo laners. It-, it gives them so many different buffs if they're by themselves and they don't have any allies around. Well, yeah, too bad, so sad uh, that item's getting nerfed. And really, there's one champion who who benefited from that the most, and its name was Urgot. Urgot is a huge beefy champion that early game can't do too much, but as the game goes on. Um, relies on items to build up damage and, and, and health like most champions. But um Breaker was such a difference as an early game. Maybe uh, I'd say it was usually like a second item. Sometimes you could build it first as well. It just gave you that extra edge. And you know the, yeah. the devs are saying, okay, that's a little bit too much. Yeah, I gotta say, all you're talking
1: about, League of Legends, makes me want to play it. Uh, it. It sounds like TFT, but just so much more variability with all these cool items. I've played like three rounds, um, but never really got into it. I would love playing Jin, doing snipes across the map. That sounds like a lot of fun.
0: Well, i got to tell you, you know, if you have 30 to 40 minutes for a game, multiple games a day, sure. But that's actually why I've been playing Pokemon Unite. And actually this past weekend, Pokemon Unite held their first regional qualifier that I was playing in with the team. Um, Oh, it was so much fun. But we had to duck out early because one of our teammates – scroll his fiance gives him a call he's like hey I need you and he's like ah, I gotta go and so we're like uh we uh it was double uh dibble, double Elon we got knocked in the losers bracket after round one but we caught our stride defeating our first two opponents and losers we had seven more rounds to go but we were all <laughs> destined to get there but sadly it wasn't uh meant to be for this first qualifier so I'm gonna have to wait a few weeks here before the next one but I'll tell you if you if you want a 10 minute. Concise, quick, and uh, exciting game, Pokemon Unite uh, fills that niche as well. Let's check it out. Well, moving on from League of Legends here because you know I love League; it dominates the esports scene. But uh, something a little relevant to that has to probably be the Xbox Game Pass. You know, with the acquisition of Activision and Blizzard under the Microsoft umbrella, this is has really become such a great deal and honestly Jacob as we both know within capitalism and with, within making money as a company deals like this are sometimes too good to be true and so folks have been the rumors have been increasing that there could potentially be an Xbox Xbox Game Pass price increase in the coming year or at least maybe next year and you know it's really really affordable i think it's a it starts at a $10 Um, And then if you want to, like, have, like, an all-access pass or something like that, it's like $15 a month to have this huge library of games, whereas before you were spending $60 a game in order to get it. Or maybe you knock off a few bucks if you get it pre-owned. I mean, that is really just an insane difference. And, I mean, I'd really love to see two graphs comparing uh, sales of a, a particular game versus sales of Xbox Game Pass over a period of time when that game first releases on there. Because I, I think it'd be so interesting to see the comparison and to see if it would be worth it to increase. And, you know, can the company get away with this? I mean, of course they can't. It's Microsoft. People got to pay for this. Like, honestly, I think you could charge $30, $40 a month. Heck, they charge $60 a year to get Xbox, go, Xbox Live. So, I mean... It's a matter of time. Yeah. Of so time. speaking of subscription
1: models, you know, I, I like that point where it's, sometimes it's too good to be true, right? What was that movie subscription model? Was it called Movie Pass?
0: Yeah. It was not Last Pass. Uh, it was, <laughs> was Movie Pass, and so you could go see a movie every day for seven ninety nine a month. I remember it to this day. I in college, I had friends who abused the heck out of that thing, and I just mm-hmm. couldn't bring myself to 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 buy it because I was like. I don't see enough movies, but this sounds like too good to be true. And it, yeah, was. it was too good to be true. Yeah, it they was. went up. broke. Their company, yeah. they <laughs> up and died. Now, Microsoft ain't going broke anytime soon. And if they want to cancel off a, a, a section of business from the company that isn't doing well, they're going to do it. Okay. But yeah, this, this seems a little too good to be true right now. I don't know how long it's going to last. We'll see. But I mean, as someone who's bought the game pass before in the past, I, it it will suck as a young person, you know. Listen, if I was if I was fifteen or young or younger, right, Jacob? Me coming on fifteen dollars a month—that's a lot of money. Sometimes, depending on how much allowance you're getting. Okay, if I'm only getting a few bucks a week to buy a candy bar and a gatorade down at the local store, Jacob, how much money do I have for the Game Pass at the end of the month? Not that much money. So if I need to give my mom fifteen dollars a month for a Game Pass so that I can be cool and impress Jessica down the street. You get what I'm saying, Jacob? It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's. I can't take the price increase from a young person's point of view, but sadly, we don't take that point of view enough these days. So anyways, moving on, moving on. Something more serious. <clears throat> Data analytics and eSports. Uh, so I thought this was a really cool article from eSports Insider uh, that has to do with ESL Gaming, one of the largest eSports companies uh, to put on tournaments around the world. They are partnering – actually, they're renewing a partnership with a huge data company that helps produce uh, statistics and uh, numbers and graphs and more – That really help the community grow, and it shows the growth of the community over time. When it comes to, you know, it can be anything from uh, revenue from tournaments, prize prize increases, or a number of people involved in games. Really, it it goes all over the place. But I think it's it's a really important and overlooked aspect of esports that I think is really relevant. And honestly, let's be real: data analysis has an everyday application in almost everything we do. I've been told before that, you know, listen, Ryan, if you want to go into politics, actually go and study data analysis and then you'll you will get hired for any uh, political campaign looking for somebody because they always need someone to run the numbers. They always need someone to put up some new graphs, some new some new info on the people that are following along. And so this Uh, is big. There's there's a lot of
1: esports analytics firms. I remember uh, Nicole Pike. I was following her on LinkedIn. She was the head of esports analytics at Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nielsen's, I think, is a, is a huge oh, kind of company, company for yeah. that. Yeah, for traditional, you know, m- media like TV shows. Uh, I think they did really, really well in esports. There's another company I'm familiar with. They call Stream Hatchet, which I think has actually done super well. Uh, they started probably five years ago, solely esports analytics, Twitch analytics. Um, you know, there is certainly a need for that. So, you know, I don't know about Bayes specifically, uh, but it, it makes sense that uh, the, the ESL, the biggest tournament hoster, um, you know, worldwide is, is using an analytics company.
0: Jacob, before we get to this next point here that you sent my way, I wanted to take a moment for you to talk about EMP Money, our podcast sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. EMP
1: Money is a sponsor of everything we do here at SunSports. Uh, basically, EMP Money it's a crypto staking protocol it's a fork of tomb.money which is one of the og crypto staking platforms uh, and basically EMP gives you access to the EMP token, right, which tracks the price of Ethereum at a 4,000 to one ratio, right. Um, basically, you can you can provide liquidity for EMP and ETH, right, that pair, and you earn E shares in return. E shares are the governance token of the project, right. There's a lot of staking mechanisms in there that basically help. You know, you provide liquidity and they reward you an APR. Uh, they actually just announced and implemented something called the detonator right? And everyone on their Discord, half the messages are just Discord, or or sorry, half the messages are detonator go boom, right? And what the detonator is, is it's actually something that you submit your money into, uh, and you actually cannot take it out, right? And that's really good for the longevity of the project, right? Because it's just locked up funds Mm -hmm. that can't be withdrawn and are continuously being staked, right? And basically every day there's a lottery winner for the detonator, right? Whoever adds the most amount of money each day gets a lottery winning and then basically a random winner who deposits that day uh, so if you want to you know buy into the detonator basically you're guaranteed 365% APR over the course of the year right so you're tripling your money just by adding it into the detonator uh, you know you have the opportunity to also win the lottery prize right today's lottery prize is 205 e shares right that's almost $17,000 uh i entered one lottery i didn't win oh my gosh i was hoping so badly that i won um, <laughs> but it's it's really cool it's actually awesome and given the price of ethereum is so low right not only are you staking and, and earning money through interacting with the protocol but you're also basically getting exposure to ethereum right so right now the price price of EM, EM, emp is 63 cents right that's part partly because ethereum is really low right now right ethereum's at 2600 which is low But when Ethereum goes back to four thousand, right, the the price of EMP will will basically double, right? I've seen it at a dollar twenty cents. So, you know, not only are you entering into an awesome staking ecosystem that's continuing to grow, doing great marketing, adding unique features that will just help solidify the the growth of the project, um, but you're also getting exposure to Ethereum, which is something you definitely want.
0: Thank you, Jacob. I appreciate that, and big shout out once again. To EMP Money, thanks for sponsoring us here at, at Zen Sports, and especially for the Esports Forever podcast. So Jacob, I want you to bring up this topic, because you know, you're know you big into this scene, and honestly, it, it makes me a little sad, but at the same time, I think I could go without it this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Call of Duty right announced this morning, I believe, that they're canceling, or, or not necessarily canceling, but they're going away from their annual title release right? So Call of Duty started in 2005. I still remember the first time I played Call of Duty 2. It was, uh, you know, we were supposed to have a little league game. It got rained out. I was at my friend's house. We had just eaten hamburgers. Uh, and then we went and played monitor Call of Duty 2 campaign. I still remember the, the cut scene was us driving a truck. Um, and you know, I've been a fan of Call of Duty ever since, right? But they do annual title releases, right? They pull in a, a ton of money on their annual title releases, right? Uh, Vanguard, which is the title this year, oh, guess what? It was the highest selling title. The second highest title was Cold War, which was the year before that, right? (laughs) Every year it's it's the highest grossing title. And Call of Duty has, you know, when it first, you know, rose to popularity, it was, you know, it was not microtransactions, right? Microtransactions have come in the last 10 years or so, and they've really done a good job of shifting their revenue model away from annual releases into microtransactions, Right. You know, they still make a ton of money on the annual releases, but, you know, with Warzone being kind of holistic and, and attaching to all games, right? They're, you know, they also announced they're doing a rework of Warzone. Uh, I think they'll be fine from a revenue standpoint. They'll figure it out. They figured, they basically did a whole overhaul, you know, two years ago or three years ago when Warzone was, was released. And, you know, people were worried that, oh, a free-to-play game, they're going to lose revenue now. They made they more revenue because Warzone was a good game that had a low barrier to entry um so the 2023 title is now pushed to 2024 uh the 2022 title which is being developed by raven software that's still on that's uh, you know coming alongside that is a completely revamped Warzone kind of engine um you know the thing about call of duty right is that they rotate each year between engines right one year it's it's you know, and the, the publishers have shifted somewhat, but right. It's either X. Ax- oh my God. I just said actually infinity, right. Infinity Ward is one of them. And then Treyarch is the other, Yeah. Uh, you know, Modern Warfare two was infinity ward. Uh, all the black ops is Treyarch. Uh, I personally really, really, really prefer the Treyarch games, right. Warzone is built on the infinity ward engine and, you know, they're partnered with Raven software on that. Um, but, you know, to me, this is not ideal, right. Cause I like the the Treyarch games, and this means that, that the next title from Treyarch is going to be in 2024, right? That's that's a while, um, that, that's a long time, right? So I don't love it. I do understand it from a business perspective, um, but it is an interesting play, and you know it happens right at the time that Microsoft took over the company. Um, so you know, just just interesting. I know it's something that they were certainly thinking about uh, an annual title. It just puts a lot of pressure, and it's not really worth it when the game is so similar each year. Um, uh, so those are my thoughts
0: on, on the situation. I'm a big Treyarch fan too. I think those games have always come out crystal clear. I did spend some time to play Warzone. I'm not a big, uh, like arena type player. So, uh, it was fun, but I died pretty quickly cause I was not good. I was a noob. That's okay. I thought the game felt a little different from the Treyarch games, but obviously oh, at the yeah. end of the day, it's call of duty. Uh, but yeah, I'll be excited to see a Treyarch game. Any day, any day. Yeah, me too. It's it's what yeah. I I grew up. You know, it's what I've grown up remembering when the screen loads up, seeing that Treyarch logo in the corner with stuff loading in. It's pretty. Yeah, cool. the the Treyarch games are just
1: more bouncy, right? It's better movement. The, yeah. the Infinity War games are like, I mean, there's movement, right? Warzone does have good movement, but Vanguard's like does right? It's it's just clunky. It's uh, hard to maneuver. It's hard to jump places and and interact with. Uh, elements in the game the trailer games are a little bit simpler in terms of like map dynamics but that's good right cod is is simple it's shooter b shot and it all kind of everything reacts around the timing uh of, yeah. of of you know where you are and where you're aiming uh i actually thought cold war was the best call of duty ever made uh everybody seemed to hate it when it was released but just from uh you know keeping it simple yet yeah, the movement is is interesting and it allows you to be creative mm-hmm. uh I loved Cold War. Uh, I hated Vanguard. I okay. played it. I, did, I, I remember buying it. I was like, you're going to regret this. And I played it. I don't think I even have it downloaded anymore. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to a 2024
0: trade arc title as well. Yeah. Well, uh, a little little different than that. Bethesda Games is actually closing its launcher. And it's moving to Steam. I'm not surprised Many, many other companies uh, have tried this and are continuously trying it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Um, Origin has its own store, and really, I think the only other rival to Steam, and it's not even a rival. It's just a dwarf. It's the Epic Game Store offering a few free games every now and then. Um, other than that, Steam is king, and so. Bethesda, as the the term they've used, is sunsetting its launcher and will migrate to Steam. I'm not surprised. I don't think Bethesda. Bethesda is not a publisher to you know house all these different types of games. They have a few select games that they do well. I mean, Skyrim being one of them, right? And yep. You don't need to have your own launcher for that. Just put it on Steam. There's a bigger audience and reach there. And yeah, you probably got to pay Steam some pay Steam some money to have the games on there. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's going to be better for everybody. Just period. Yeah. You know, Bethesda.
1: I, yeah, I agree. They don't really need their own launcher. They're not. I don't know if they're big enough for their own launcher. Uh, they kind of do. T- like they they make good games, but they're kind of infrequent. Right, they have Fallout, they have Doom, they have The Elder Scrolls, right, which mm-hmm. is Skyrim, and I can't remember the name of the one that came before that. Maybe it was it was called The Elder Scrolls. Um, but I, yeah, I think it it makes sense. Um, you know, why try to compete with Steam when you're not really that? You know, you're not a big dog like Steam. I mean, you, you're you're close, but I wouldn't put Bethesda on the same table as I would put. No, no. Uh, you know, Activision, Blizzard, you know, they're the same company, right? Riot. It, it's a step down, right? I, I would say Bethesda and Ubisoft are are similar to me. Um, you know, those are those are kind of two that are are similar. Um, do you yeah. have thoughts there as well?
0: Um, n- not really. I I, I kind of I think I gave my thoughts. I, I I think this is a good move for Bethesda. Maybe save them some money too on trying to host their own launcher. I don't know too much about it other than that you know it is is it is big enough news to to constitute making the list i said you know what it's it's newsworthy we'll put it down okay well we've talked quite a bit about esports here but i want to get into nfts and crypto because why not why not so the first big thing is late night critique of nfts so jacob you and i have gone on 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 about this uh topic of conversation quite a bit your Twitter feed is all about people who love NFTs. My Twitter feed is the exact opposite. People who despise NFTs, crypto in general. It's bad for the environment. So because of that, it's trash. It it's frauding people. It's doing this. It's doing that. You know, it's now I I I look at those arguments, Jacob, and I I take offense because most of their arguments come down to poor consumer they are a victim to the system around them we need to pity them baby them hold their hand what happened to doing your own damn research okay because that's what we preach here every single week do your own research spend your money how you want to spend it okay all this critique and hate for nfts i mean yes the environmental impacts of crypto mining is legitimate and people are doing their best to counteract that. But let's be real; not everything is environmentally friendly. Okay, we still have to chop down a tree to make a, a you know, a eco-friendly, safe bowl, right? Like these are things that are green initiatives that still have a cost. There's still a price. Everything has a trade-off. Nothing is truly all that good because the process of getting there usually has something in it that's not so great let's be honest so stephen colbert talks about nfts and um he makes a joke about about calling them a or wanting something called an aft which is an actual fucking thing uh is is what he (laughs) says um, That's funny. Making jokes about NFTs as you know being fake and wanting something tangible, something real, which is a legitimate thing that people have said. However, this type of critique fails to fails to really go in on the question of the NFT itself. This is this is this is the small minded take. The NFT is a photo on the internet, so it doesn't get me anything. Big brain people, people who are woke, who actually know that the NFT is rarely just about the NFT itself, but rather the utility and the community behind said NFT, the networking, the connections. Sure, there's always going to be a different way you can network to get up to Gary V and talk to him, right? Or I can go buy this NFT that that he is either running himself with V friends, or I can go buy a project that he's bought into and go t- try to talk to him via there. There are different ways you can network, right? But you can't get around the utility in an, of an NFT, and this is where I want to drop our NFT, Zen Sportsia. So Zen Sports has dropped uh, as of early or late last week, early this week, our first NFT project called Zen Sportsia with the athlete of the future. Ten thousand NFTs are going to be minted. It's going to be a really exciting time. Jacob, myself, and our entire team are pretty much behind this project day and night, working so that we can get this out to all of you and hopefully uh, bring you in on our community. But let's let's chat about utility because I think that's why, or that's how I've understood and have come from. Why would I want to get into NFTs and crypto? Like it's so complicated to to just try to get crypto in general. But once you get over the hurdles and educate yourself. Most people find that okay. Well, actually, you know, for example, when I get a Zen in Sportsian is what we're calling them at Zen Sports, I will have like a high a high tier uh, membership status at the casinos that Zen Sports owns in Nevada. So I'm going to be honest with you, Jacob. I might be taking a trip to to Nevada to go visit our casinos because I don't know about you, but I want to be a high status client doing some gambling out in Nevada. I think that's pretty cool. That's the and you know that's that's as a buyer, I am accepting the fact that this is something that I want to purchase with my money because there's a benefit there that I think I would enjoy, which is oh, I like to do some sports gambling. Great. Okay, cool. I'm going to do it uh while also having some some great perks with it as well. You know, um on top of that, uh, Jacob Name some of the other utility stuff because yeah, like course. that's the biggest uh, one to me. Uh, I know there's some other big stuff too with esports tournaments and like that stuff that's online. But I know uh, I I know we're going to be doing some uh, like monthly monthly like sports memorabilia giveaways and uh, stuff like that. Like it's crazy. Absolutely, uh, it is crazy and it is all
1: about utility, right? And you know it's interesting. The art is is also awesome on our NFT project, but the utility is you know it's through our esports tournaments. and through it's through our sports betting product and, and casino gambling uh, locations, right? You know, on the eSports side, we're thinking monthly $10,000 eSports tournaments, right? These are all gonna be at blockchain games, right? It's the NFT for blockchain gamers. Uh, in addition, right, we're working with our development team. We're actually releasing an entirely separate sports play app. Uh, which will have kind of a a whole leaderboard system. And we're looking to do an annual $100,000 championship series for eSports. And this is not for a specific eSport or a specific blockchain game title. It's for all of them, right? All the games that ZenSports works with, right? You can accumulate points by playing, you know, each and every game. and, And the winner is the one who's accumulated the most points, right? Not, you know, the most Splinterlands points, not the most Axie Infinity points, but the most points overall, right? That is super exciting to me. On the sports memorabilia side, right? We we are also a sports company. We are a sports betting sports book, right? So we're thinking monthly giveaways pretty close to $10,000, right? Equal to what the uh, esports tournaments will be, right? And, you know, really for the first one, which will happen right after the mint, it it hasn't been announced yet, but it's something to do with March Madness and the March Madness finals and maybe some tickets and, and airfare out to those, right so there are a lot of benefits um it's it's really awesome what what i think we're doing um and actually you know if you if you want to sign up for the whitelist right we have a whitelist application form uh you can do that in our discord server right so if you go to our discord server or if you go to zensportsia.com both are ways for you to you know sign up for the whitelist and if you're a active in our community active at discord you're going to get accepted because we're still early in the process Um, so that is zen sports yeah
0: thanks jacob i appreciate that insight knowledge i know a lot of that stuff too folks but let me tell you when you're putting together a podcast and have a million things going through your head for future stuff too um you just got stuff flying by at a million miles a second so i appreciate that jacob now, Absolutely. finishing up with our last few points here, I I, I got to say, I quite enjoyed the anecdote that I wrote after this one. A weekend fishing trip turns out to be quite disappointing for holders. Over the weekend, uh, OpenSea Marketplace uh, was the victim of a fishing, fishing attack on around 32 specific members who were dumb enough to click links and then have... Uh, millions of dollars worth of nfts stolen from their wallets um you know there there were alarm bells going off all around the twitter community around nfts and obviously opensea being one of the biggest marketplaces for folks uh it was definitely a distress call and then uh the i believe the ceo of opensea or at least one of one of the people that was in charge was tweeting on about oh it's a phishing attack it's nothing to do with opensea do not worry you're going to be okay and i'm like ugh, i was really worried there for a moment my dungeon yeah. if I'm generous yeah, could have been under attack and i gotta tell you i got a lot of levels to go through before i i say okay <laughs> au revoir dungeon i'm ready to sell you
1: are you do you have one
0: with unlimited levels i do not no they only there were only like six or seven of those i was hoping i would but nah i, I i've got one that's like mid-tier it's it's pretty it's pretty it's like pretty basic but i think they're all pretty special Honestly, there are only three thousand of them. It's isn't the, This might be like one of the first weeks that we're not actually talking about Jenner Dungeon actively <laughs> on here, because um, they're you know their hype has died down for now. They've got future projects and stuff coming out, so I'll, I'll be sure to I'll be sure to hype them up in the future. But yeah, uh, you know, phishing attacks stuff happen. Beware, buyer beware. Do your own research. Don't click on sketchy links, even if they look realistic. Just trust your gut. Like, do not be cash hungry. Just Take your time. Be patient. It's it's the way to go. Now, yeah. yeah. Any, anything you want to say on that, Jacob? Well, you know, it, it
1: connected to something I saw recently, which is zero click hacks. Uh, let me pull up this. Right. Zero click hacks are interesting. Right. Because, you know, it is phishing. Right. Phishing, I guess, is basically where some you know, let, let, let's give a really simple example, right? Someone creates a landing page. that looks just like the Facebook login page. It's not the Facebook login page, yeah. right? They take that information. They go log into your Facebook. They do whatever they want to do with it, right? That is phishing, right? But, they're, you know, and, and basically the determination there is there has to be a call to action that gets completed by the user who's being hacked, right? They have to think that it's the right Facebook page and, and log into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're actually, you know, they're, I'm hearing about zero click phishing attacks, which is crazy right? That is essentially unprotectable. I don't actually know how they do it. I've read a tiny bit of an article, um, but that is actually some scary stuff. Um, so, you know, I would say just be as careful as possible, right? You know, maybe, you know, I know the cloud is is awesome, but maybe don't, you know, don't attach your crypto wallet to too many third-party resources, yeah. right? You know, third-party resources can just be phishing attacks, right? That's what, you know, your Discord messages when it says, Lazy Lions is doing a surprise mint for 0.3 ETH, right? That's not what's happening, right? They're going to take your ETH and they're going to take everything else in your wallet. Um, so I would say, right, just you know, be as careful as you can, right? These attacks are going to happen. You know, I don't think this one was OpenSea's fault, but you know, it, it's a little concerning, right? This is supposed to be a decentralized ecosystem, uh, and that means that you can't really be protected from from hacks like this. There's no, you know, chargeback fraud protection. Right. Yeah. that is the decentralized nature of the world we're living in now.
0: Scary stuff, man. Scary stuff. I, uh, I, I'm gonna keep my my purchasing light, but you know what? I'll have some 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 sports teams in my wallet pretty soon. I'm pretty excited, folks. Almost a month away. We're about five weeks at the moment. It's gonna be big. Gonna be big. Next up, <clears throat> this is big, Jacob, because. It affects everything. It affects the stock market. It's going to affect crypto prices. Whatever. Geopolitics are huge because they affect every type of market that's going on around the world at all times. And so, obviously, it's it's been on the minds of many. And if you've been living under a rock, well, get out from under it because you, sh- you should know about this. World War Two was a long time ago. 1945 is when it wrapped up. And we've had... Quite a time of, on on terms of world peace, it's been pretty good. There have been smaller wars, battles, skirmishes, right? But right now, Russia is mounting or has been sending in troops to sections of Ukraine. And so uh, the way it's being done right now are sections uh, that have... Pro-Russia separatists are staking claim to different areas on the Eastern Front, and then Russia is recognizing the independence of those sections, and then those sections say, hey, we're now independent, can we join the Russian Federation? Russia then goes, oh, well, we've accepted you as an independent country, but yes, of course, of course you can join the Russian Federation. We We would be more than happy to welcome you to Mother Russia. So, um that's how it's being done rather than just a takeover because a takeover would just mean all out war but when you have pro-russian separatists that are former ukrainian citizens quote unquote um that's a lot harder that's a lot trickier you can't just say as the united states russia is invading ukraine no uh the way it looks and the way it's being put off is uh oh ukrainian citizens are saying oh actually we we want this that's (laughs) that's <laughs> it's, it's crazy it's very complicated uh, lots of layers in my politics background you know something like this i love to hear about and talk about something like this but from a crypto standpoint bitcoin prices have been sinking and you know people need to be watching right now because all i'm saying is if stuff gets worse buy the dip that's it that's yeah. all i'm saying uh- <laughs> so why do you why do you think
1: this is making crypto prices fall
0: So, you know, when war and, uh, you know, big battles happen between huge countries that have such massive control over international markets, the first thing to happen are economic sanctions. And so anything to do with the economy also ties back to stocks, bonds and inadvertently, inadvertently crypto. And so people put their money in crypto to hedge that, oh, I'm going to I'm going to make some money off this and get some greater, greater gain and. Than putting it into a savings account at a bank. I put my money into stocks. The United States government and most governments around the world are now treating crypto uh, very similarly to stocks where you are earning money over time by other people buying into said thing and increasing the price of the cryptocurrency. And obviously there are other utility purposes to crypto, such as Elon Musk wanting to accept Dogecoin as a form of currency for, for different products at Tesla. And, you know... Um, at the end of the day, my argument, or my argument always comes back to, yeah, that works if you stop comparing to Dogecoin or, or Bitcoin to the United States dollar. I mean, how are how am I to buy something, right? It's like if I want to buy my phone right here uh for 0. 0.1111, you know, 0. 0.0001 Bitcoin. Okay, someone automatically asks me, how much how much is that in uh, US dollars? We live in a society right now. (laughs) We live in a society. We live in a society right now where we are comparing um, our main form of currency in the United States to uh, something that wants to become its own currency, uh, such as Dogecoin, right? Well, until you separate this notion and idea of Dogecoin cannot exist without being transferable to United States dollars. how does Doge sit on its own as a valuable currency when it's constantly going to be compared to the U.S. dollar? I mean, that's the thing. So that's why you have countries, you know, what, what was it, Ecuador or Venezuela that accepted Bitcoin? I think it was Venezuela. Bitcoin as like a legal tender within their country. That's huge. You're saying to yourself that Bitcoin can stand on its own as a valuable currency to, to be spent rather than saying I need to convert my Bitcoin my stock my investment no it becomes a piece of utility and actually it becomes currency rather than just saying I'm stocking my, I'm putting my money into this if that makes sense so that's just my take and my argument and so Bitcoin's going to sink because we have put major economic sanctions onto Russia Russia is a state with, on the geopolitical stage around the world that has massive influence over many economies, one of them being oil. And so why are countries involved with Ukraine and in the Middle East in general, it all ties back to oil. I don't know how much you know, Jacob, but Ukraine, Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, these are areas that are rich with oil and it's why we always get involved. Because if oil were to be controlled by the Russians, how much would it cost? I don't know, but they don't want that to happen. And they want Ukraine to be a sovereign nation because we could probably get a better deal on oil with Ukraine than we can with Russia. Yeah. And so, so I mean, that's, that's a very, very like small minded view of what's going on there and there's more to it, but oil is a very relevant issue. And so anything having to do with the markets is going to sink stocks and investments. And so, cause they're not, I'm not going to put my money in stocks and investments if in the next year we go to war and all of a sudden um, the U.S. economy turns into a war machine where most most factories are making weapons, they're making vehicles. I mean, you could look at past wars and see how the U.S. economy turned out, right? Great Depression comes in 1929 at the end of the year. Market crashes. How do we pull ourselves out of it? Well, just so happens that we get involved with World War II, we pull ourselves out because we're making so much money selling weapons, vehicles, and more overseas that uh, we are just revitalizing our, our economy with what we needed. Nazi Germ- Germany was a, re- a revitalized nation in their industrial revolution after World War I when we put sanctions uh, on them after, I believe it was the Geneva Conventions our, uh convention that occurred—I can't remember if that was World War One or World War Two. I did not expect to talk history today, Jacob. I would've <laughs> done my research I love it, beforehand. Though. It's awesome. It's 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 huge. It, it really is. There's so much that goes into it. But World War One, Kaiser's gone. Germany. We we put all the blame onto Germany for World War One, and so they build up an industrial revolution and they become a wartime machine. That's why they had. Uh, one of the largest uh, airplane uh you know militaries in the world at the time and so much was advanced in Germany because they had money that was going into military spending and that that proved to be very very profitable. So at the end of the day, you know am I going to spend my money on Bitcoin or am I going to put it into uh you know uh gun manufacturers and and weapons manufacturers and and what else i mean i'm just saying you know there's more to it that i don't know i'm not a pro right but i i do know that on a geopolitical level if i'm going to sanction russia and say we're cutting off your money and funding and freezing your accounts that's a big deal for everyone else around the world because you you better be sure that russia has their money and other stuff too yeah no, that, made a, that
1: made a lot of sense that explained it very well um it's certainly interesting stuff
0: well Related to governments and money, the IRS definitely wants its fair share looking at cryptocurrency and NFT growth over the past decade. You might think that you're safe putting your money into in, into NFTs and crypto and thinking that you can get away with it, but that's not the truth, folks. All I want to say is tax season is coming up within the next month or two, and you better be ready, and, and you better educate yourself a little bit here on the IRS when it comes to crypto because, like I said— The U.S. government before was trading stock, uh, was trading cryptocurrency almost like it was trading stocks. So just because you dump a bunch of money and make a bunch of money off of crypto doesn't mean you get that for free. Because we live in a society, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we live in a society uh, where we have a federal government that wants to also make money because they are broke. And so they need to make money off of the people. Otherwise, the government fails, right? So all i'm saying here is this was a forbes article which i was really surprised about that forbes was talking about the irs crypto and nfts but what else do they have to talk about these days so uh, <laughs> uh they got to talk about uh crypto and nft growth so it looks like the irs is going to be trying to you know make sure that they can tax and try to get some money from uh what we're doing in crypto and nfts but I don't know the specifics as to like, oh, do I have to sell and then make money to have to have that be taxed or if yeah. it's just sitting in my account and I haven't sold it. So it's there no, and I'm, it, you know, I think you'll have to
1: sell it. I'm actually reading the article a little bit here, right? Basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to implement a similar capital gains tax as they have okay. on stocks, right? Basically, you know, for stocks, if you, you know, there's multiple levels of, of capital gain. Yep. Right. A lot of it is predicated on the fact that you've held the stock for over a year. Right. So if you basically hold the stock for a year, you pay a maximum of 10 percent of like 10 percent of your capital gain. Right. If you bought it at five hundred, it, it turned into ten. Okay, Let's just say it, it turned into five thousand dollars worth of uh, value. Right. You're going to pay 10 percent of forty five hundred, which is the difference between the two. Right. But if you don't hold it for a year, right, those tax capital gains rates shoot up. Mm-hmm. Uh, So with stocks, you always want to hold for over a year. And and based on this article, they want to implement a similar thing, right? So basically, when you sell your cryptocurrency, uh, and, you know, maybe they're doing it, you know, directly through cryptocurrency, or maybe it's when you sell your cryptocurrency back into fiat, right? But, you know, we talked about this last time. It's interesting because,
0: I mean, there's so much
1: stuff that's been done in the past right? You know, let's say a person has made $5 million on cryptocurrency. If the IRS announces they're going to do a tax, right? This person is going to withdraw everything tomorrow, right? And not have to pay capital gains tax because at the end of the day, these wallets are anonymous, right? So they can, you know, do that still, right? You know, the IRS is going to have to go through Coinbase. They're going to have to go through FTX and basically help, you know, I mean, they can require FTX to do whatever they want. Um, but it's it's going to take time. It, people are going to have workarounds to it, you know, basically before it is actually implemented. Uh, so it is definitely something to pay attention to. And, you know, when is it going to happen? How do I get around it? Or, you know, I'm not saying you should get around it. I'm not saying you should fraud the IRS. Um, but people are going to you know certainly try. Um, so it's interesting. And, uh, you know, it's a development that you know will happen. It's just a matter of when.
0: It's a matter of time. And so be smart, folks. Keep your ears and eyes open. Take out your money before the IRS. Although. If I've learned one thing over years of of media and consuming content in general, nobody, nobody gets past the IRS. In fact, Al Capone was arrested because of of him not paying his taxes. Yeah, that's funny. It wasn't murder. It wasn't the crime. But he had to do the time because he didn't pay his taxes. So the IRS never misses, folks. Don't play around. And kind of to end today off on a lighter note, you know, we don't need to get hunkered down on on uh, the, you know, the the conversations around Russia and Ukraine and what should the U.S. do and Joe Biden and Donald Trump and all that. No, let's end it off on a positive note. The popular viral icon Beetlejuice. No, not the movie. No, Beetlejuice. Former, uh, I think for like he was in the WWE back in the day. Uh, he's this African-American guy that uh, he, he's got a weird face. He's really short. Uh, he, he kind of talks weirdly, too. Yeah. So he's got a meme um, meme of a one-of-one one collectible NFT uh, that uh, Golden Auctions, um, it has outsold Tom Brady, Superman, and Michael Jackson as one of the most expensive NFTs that this auction has online has been able to sell. I mean, the guy's hilarious. Uh, people have him on podcasts I honestly feel bad I feel like people just kind of use him for for the fact that he's just kind of kind of weird but he's a uh, meme. he's a meme he he's a meme that's what it is he's a viral meme in in the flesh he's living and so um big money big money to own the uh the beetlejuice out of tea i it's I think it's kind of hilarious it's it's what popped up and I was like oh this is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah so oh I okay i know
1: Beetlejuice. yeah okay 100 yeah yeah these are these are I mean, these are pretty funny uh he kind of reminds me of froggy fresh right do you know who froggy fresh is yeah yeah similar characters froggy fresh did pretty well for himself uh he should actually
0: drop it in a C collection i would buy that um give him a call jacob just give him a call simple as that <laughs> that'd be funny yeah we
1: should we should do it so yeah, what did it sell for
0: I don't know if there was a price. They just said that it surpassed all these other collectibles of pretty well-known people and, and uh, characters, right? So I'm not sure if I mentioned a price. So they see a one-of-one one car
1: for ten fifty or $10,500. That's crazy. So that's not, that's not you know, that's not, I wouldn't say that's beating out.
0: That's not astronomical. Yeah. But, uh, they're maybe cool. Like, Actually, they're cool art. I like yeah. them. Yeah, it was kinda like an old baseball style type of card. They were talking about like the 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 style and design and everything. I was like, wow, they're really going to depth here. Uh, and that I think that's the beauty. And I'll I'll tie in what we're doing at Zen Sports again. That's the beauty of NFTs is that some projects are like really advanced and really detailed and some aren't. But with Zen Sports and Zen Sports, yeah, that could not be further from the case. I mean, our our artist Manny He's uh, he's a fantastic individual. He's on staff. We're all fully doxxed. Super, super cool. He has the super cool, detailed, hyper-specific art that isn't realist. In fact, it's more surreal. And um, he just puts insane time, effort, and love into the craft. And so these NFTs, uh, there are a few examples on Zensportsia.com. We'll link this in the uh, description of the video below there there's just so much detail there for all of these that there may be ten thousand of these nfts but really i think each and every one of them is going to be so hyper specific in all the detail that he's drawn that it's it's going to be incredible it really really is yeah he does great
1: artwork it's it's awesome working with him some of the props we saw today were just epic uh he's actually coming out with a one-of-one uh piece i think tomorrow Uh, And his Twitter, his Twitter is Mr. Firetruck Man. Um, So just check that out. He does like dystopian uh, kind of cyberpunk art with, you know, references to a lot of things, right? Um, Asian culture. Uh, He's awesome. He's a a great guy to work with. So I'm excited to show everybody what Zen Sports and the Zen Sports scenes look like. But if you want a sneak peek of Manny and what he can do, uh, just, you know, check out his Twitter.
0: Well, thanks again, Jacob, for being here. And thank you to all of you who watched this video today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe, like the video, and leave us a comment below on what you'd like to hear about next or what you agreed or even disagreed with here, because we got into some deep topics today, but perfectly fine with me. Lots of fun. As always, thank you so much for watching the video. And until next time, we out.